0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today.
1: bump in the night, your heart fills with dread. Probably a murderer who wants you dead. Could be a ghost, a demon, or worse. Perhaps you're the victim of a witch's curse. It's hopeless. You're doomed. You'd call a priest if you could. You'd rather just listen to who sinister? I'm gonna kill you. Well, hello, and welcome to Freaky Friday, where we tell your odd but true stories this week. It is Friday, February
2: 24th, and we've got uh, quite a lineup today. Got quite a lineup. Every week we got quite a lineup, and it's all thanks to all of you that send in your stories to us. So thank you so much for sharing them with us and everybody else.
1: And yeah, thanks to everyone who sent them in previously because we see in some of these, they were inspired to send theirs in because you sent yours in. I and here we lot. go. We're yeah. s- and I'm sure these will inspire more people. And that's the magic of our listeners. We love you all.
2: It's just, uh, we're spreading magic. Spreading magic yeah. all over the town, all over, all over the, the,
1: town. the the nation. In fact, I want to hang out with some of our listeners. Where do you think I could do that in the next two weeks? Oh,
2: well, I hear Tacoma, Washington, and Portland, Oregon are real nice this time of year.
1: Oh, oh. they are. The amount of now targeted Instagram you might like this I get on the show account for Portland and Tacoma cuz I you know we're talking about it we're about to be there March 7th will be in Tacoma March 8th we'll be in Portland and the landscape up there is otherworldly it's beautiful the, every inch of it and the the terrible thing is I like search all these different places where we want to go or where we might want to go and it's there's so many places and so little time it's such a beautiful we've place we've got
2: a lot of uh, suggestions from people that live there. Lots of different Bigfoot suggestions. Hell yeah. <laughs> in fact, there's now four different cities where we have been told there's a pretty quirky Bigfoot museum that's basically <gasps> just somebody's garage. If you guys want yes. to check it out,
1: that's our retirement plan, honestly. In like 30 <laughs> years, it's going to be like there's a Bigfoot, there's a, the Texas Cryptid Museum. It's in East Dallas. It's run by these two women out of their garage.
2: <laughs> They're it, real batty, but they're fun. <laughs> they One of them has a couple kids, and they're strange. But And then a pig is always just kind of rooting around, too. I thought you said we were real
1: baddies, but you were saying we were batty, <laughs> which is more accurate. We're both. <laughs> we're batty baddie baddies. Batty baddie, baddie, baddies. Baddie. The batty baddie baddies have full moon energy. We've been... Getting ready for this tour, Mm -hmm. looking at all of our moon stuff we want to tell you about. The crimes, the conspiracies, the... uh, There's stuff in there that I'd never heard of before. And that's why we love doing this show. Because we go digging and then we can come up and give it to you.
2: The moon is just a fascinating thing, you know? (laughs) And that sounds real generic and like, yeah, we all know that, Christy. But I was reading about the moon last night and I just had to put in the outline general moon stuff because there's so much moon stuff to cover i mean gods goddesses so much in mythology different cultures what it means the significance of you know to to us our bodies tides animals there's a lot to be said of do crimes occur more on full moons is that a myth is it not we're going to talk about that talk about Crimes linked to that kind of stuff, conspiracy theories, cults involving the moon. We got we got a great show lined up.
1: So much stuff, and it's so wild when you watch footage of it. Like the History Channel, I was watching some of that. And just on YouTube, just various photos and videos of the moon. I'm like, there's just a big fucking rock out mm-hmm. there that's just going around, just and we're going around saying. too. And the... Power that something that's so far away can have on stuff here. It's fantastic and phenomenal. And that's that full moon energy. We got a whole friggin' dang show and so much improvised. Like, we can't even tell you. Oh, there'll be moon stuff, certainly. But because of the improvisational nature of our dynamic, you fucking don't know what you're going to see.
2: <laughs> that's the motto of our tour now. <laughs>
1: you, you fucking don't know don't what
2: you're going to see. We're going to get real aggressive, <laughs> make everyone kind of uncomfortable. <laughs>
1: My goal is that everyone comes in and we all get that energy together. And when you leave, you feel like, I could conquer anything. I could conquer the moon
2: right now. fly to the moon.
1: (laughs) Fly me to the moon.
2: Well, if you're interested in all that, go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows. You can see all the places we're coming. We're going to announce more cities probably within the next week. Tickets and information at sinisterhood.com slash live shows.
1: Yeah, we can't wait for it. Well, in the meantime, we've got six stories... I'm preparing my tissues for some of them. I,
2: I'm, yeah. I, yeah. One of them, I was like, it made sense to put it at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was trying to spare you. <laughs> Buckle up. So <laughs> I thought maybe if you read it ahead of time, get it out of I'm your good. system and and we can get through it. But yeah. You
1: know me. I'm a sap. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I'll start to cry. Are you I also know it.
2: wearing buffalo flannel pajama pants right now you sure are red and black yes i am i have those simon has those ella has those
1: we can all do a family photo (laughs) for christmas paris has them too and i have a blanket i christmas 2020 i got us like matching these matching
2: pjs very cute
1: I woke up and wore jeans today to go to, to get my breakfast from the coffee shop. And then I came back home and thought, why should I be forced to wear jeans no. around here? It's just me. And so I changed into these lovely flannel pjs. They look
2: very comfy and cozy. I think you've earned it. Be comfortable you. while you work. Especially after uh, I need
1: to be cozy for this story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm Christy. I'm Heather. And let's get freaky. This first one is from Catherine, and it is called My Sliding Doors Moment and Near Brush with Terrorism. Hey ladies, I could spend a whole paragraph gushing about what a fan I am, but that's unfortunately not why we come to Freaky Friday. So let's get into it. I'm a lifelong Massachusetts resident, or what some may call a mass hole. A lot of folks are probably familiar with the Boston Marathon either through its storied history of being one of the oldest and most challenging marathons, or through its more recent and tragic history. Either way, the whole city becomes one big party on Marathon Monday, and it's a really fun time. On April fifteenth, two 2013, Marathon Monday, I was TAing at my alma mater for a few hours in the morning, and I would be finished with that by around 1.30 in the afternoon. Some of my friends were planning on being down by the marathon finish line, and had invited me to join them when I was done for some patio drinks at a bar with a sidewalk patio, where we could watch the runners come down Boylston Street towards the finish line. I got a bit delayed leaving school that day, since the student needed some help from me on a project they were working on. And, to top it all off, I was pet-sitting that week for someone who lived just outside of Boston. It had been a few hours since I'd been back to let the dogs out, and while their owner would always assure me that they could go a little bit between outings, I figured that if I went over there quick to let them out and do their thing, it'd buy me more time back in the city to catch the end of the race and the beginning of the post-race festivities. Read, drinking. It would only be a quick train ride, and I'd be back in Boston to hang with my friends probably by 3 to 3.30. So I hopped on the T, Boston Subway, and off I went. Admittedly, I am horrible at owning a cell phone. And even now, if you get me to answer the phone on your first try at calling me, It's a big deal. On this particular day, my phone was buried deep in my purse, and I wasn't paying the closest attention to it. This was 2013, so we weren't quite glued to them like we are now. I was hanging out with the dogs I was pet-sitting in their backyard and thinking about the afternoon I'd be having afterward. The weather was a perfect spring day, when I realized it had been a little while of me doing this, and that I should probably get back on the train and head back into the city. I brought the dogs inside and started getting myself ready. I fished my phone out of my bag to text my friends that I'd be back in the city in a little bit. And, much to my surprise, I had dozens of missed calls from those same friends, as well as my parents. What the hell? I called my friends first and all of their phones went straight to voicemail. My blood ran cold. I turned on the news, figuring that something had happened and my friends didn't all collectively shut off their phones. As I was dialing my mom's number, On the TV was footage of the explosions that had occurred only moments earlier at the Boston Marathon finish line, right near where I would have been had I not been dog sitting. My mom answered the phone with audible panic in her voice. She and my dad were safely in my hometown, a good 40 plus miles from Boston. Her first words were, Where are you? I told her that I was with the dogs I was sitting and not at the finish line like I had been planning. And that's exactly when all of the emotions of what could have been flooded over me. And I started sobbing. I still didn't know where my friends were or if they were okay. Hell, I didn't even really know what had happened at the finish line yet. I talked to my mom for a few minutes more while she calmed me down and reminded me that I was fine and very lucky. I called my dad at work so he'd also know that I was okay. And then I got to trying to find out if my friends were all right. Ultimately, my friends were all fine. The bar they were at was mere feet outside of the immediate blast zone, so they were uninjured, but unfortunately, they had a front row seat to the horror. I spent most of that week in a daze, realizing that the only thing standing between me and being at the finish line at the time of the attack was a series of unique and unplanned circumstances and events, the dogs that I rarely sat for and just happened to be sitting for that week. The student who needed help and kept me after class i hadn't even planned on being with the dogs at that point in the afternoon and only did it so i could party back in the city it's eerie even still to think that i absolutely should have been right at the finish line and i still wonder what forces in the universe were at play that kept me away thank you for reading this even if it doesn't make it to the air i have a less sad and more spooky story about the haunted ass house that i bought last year. So if you want to hear that one, I can send it in, too. Keep it creepy, but not nearly this creepy. Wow. Well, first of
1: all, yes, please send us in your story. Mm -hmm. We would love to hear any of them. But I feel like this really shows the concentric circles of trauma that terrorism causes. That... It obviously is, you know, it's devastating to the people directly in the blast zone, those that are killed, those that are grievously injured, permanently injured. But then you kind of take it out. It's a concentric circle. Her friends that were on the front lines of this horror watching what happened. People outside of that trying to get to their friends and family that are at the finish line, but they're on the outside. Her parents in a different city. I mean, it just... It goes to show the devastating nature of these mass casualty events, terrorism, mass shooting, that it does impact. You know, you can't just say, oh, well, only six people died. First of all, it's more than zero. It's too many or only this many people were injured because it's just it it echoes.
2: Yeah, those numbers are not representative of the thousands, millions of people that are affected and traumatized by things like that. If you're sitting there having drinks and you witness all of that, that's not something you forget. You know, yeah, I mean, I know. that's that's trauma then, that you then hold with you for the rest of your life. So, yeah, I mean, 9-11, I remember being thousands of miles away from my high school best friend that lived in New Jersey and trying mm-hmm. to get a hold of her and her phone going straight to voicemail and just panicking and yeah. then calling her mom who still lived in Texas. And she's like, I, I heard from her. It's OK. But the trickle down effect of like. Everyone that's affected, especially mm-hmm. with these global type terrorist attacks, it's uh, you can't really measure it.
1: Oh, exactly. Yeah, and I and we can't know until you know you hear stories like this. Uh, to your point, point, nine eleven. My friend's brother was in the army, and she just started sobbing. She's like, "I just know it. This is going to mean he's going to war." Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, where he's he wasn't on the ground at nine eleven, but knowing that there's that impact afterwards, and I think recognizing that what Catherine went through is also traumatic is it's I I see a lot on the internet and uh, it might just be because it's a small sample size of the type of people that get into fights on the internet but I often see rather than empathy going well I was actually on the blast zone, so why are you upset about it? Mm. And it, and this kind of suffering Olympics like and it's like a competition, like it's a competition, and not going. I recognize that happened to you, and I'm sorry. And this happened to me, and I'm sorry mm-hmm. it happened to me too. And it doesn't diminish anybody's injuries or the death of people at the finish line. That Catherine also had this traumatic event, and it is something that I think we, as a society, go. We're all hurting, and we do care about how it affects each person, and not going. Well, it wasn't really as bad as you because I wasn't. You know, you have survivor's guilt. You have your friends were down there. Your parents were, ner- you know. The what I think if that game. The what if game, exactly. But yeah. all that's
2: us say is just because you weren't there,
1: it does it still hurts.
2: For sure. Nobody needs to get into a pissing contest about who's hurt the most.
1: Exactly. The fact that we're hurt is bad enough. Let's all just work together to mm-hmm. move forward and heal. Well, that is, that is uh, definitely a... Just so happenstance moment of the student yeah. needing the help
2: and the dogs being that week and everything. It's um. I would if I were Catherine, if I were you, I would also think about that quite a bit. And the what if and was I supposed to be there? Did all these things happen to keep me out of there? So mm-hmm. I'm glad that you were safe. I'm glad your friends were safe. Sorry for everything that your city went through and the world during that awful time. We had another Freaky Friday about the Boston Marathon bombing too.
1: Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: that's it's for
1: Boston. It's so emblematic of the city coming together. It is. I love Boston. It's a fun place. I mean, we had such a great time when we were there, and. It, it's a city like a chicago mm-hmm. a detroit a uh, you know new york obviously but i mean it's there's certain cities new orleans where people are just proud to be where they're from yeah. and it's its own place and it's its own thing and culture and i feel like boston's really like that and i think that is why it was so impactful to all of us when the this action happened when this act of terrorism happened because it was a, a big shot at a camaraderie yeah. celebratory thing where it's like that that's there for a city where maybe every other day you're kind of brushing past people on the bus and your own thing but that's the day marathon monday everybody comes together and as a friend
2: yeah for sure well thank you Catherine, for sharing that with us sinister hood will be right back
0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Melina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Melina. Visit meetmolina.ca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by
2: law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This next one's from Kim, and it is called High School X Stalked Me and Others. Hi Sinisterhood. I love the pod and have been listening for several years. I got inspired by a recent submission to share my story about a dangerous partner. Hearing the other story made me feel not so alone, and I hope to make someone else feel that way too. In high school, I dated a boy for two and a half years. We broke up in December of senior year and things got pretty creepy, pretty quick. I had no interest in getting back together with this boy, but he maintained that we would be together and that I would give him another chance. Things didn't get bad until I started hanging out with this other guy in our class. It seemed to flip something inside my ex. He started driving past my house at weird hours of the night. I should specify I live in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like he could have just been passing by. My dad had to chase him out of our yard with a shotgun one Saturday at 2 a.m. After that, the drive-by seemed to stop. He had lashed out at me in the hallways a couple of times that semester, but all administration had to say about it was, He's about to graduate and you'll all go separate ways. We don't want to ruin his future over this. We graduated and nothing else really happened that year until the weekend before most of my friends left for college. One of my friends threw a party where I attended and my ex showed up. I wouldn't have gone if I'd known he was going to be there. He got shitfaced, confessed to everyone at the party he wanted me to be the mother of his children, and that if I wouldn't take him back, he was going to drive his car into a nearby pond. The host of the party had already taken his keys and made sure he wasn't going anywhere that night, and I left a mess. I left for college about six hours away, and there was no incident until I returned home for summer break. My ex started appearing place places I was, and we would casually run into each other. It happened a little too often for it to be a coincidence. Late night bite at the local diner? He'd appear about 20 minutes after I got there. Getting coffee with my sister in a different part of town? He'd show up shortly after we got our drinks. First shift in my new serving job? He showed up about right as we opened and asked to sit in my section. I thought about trying to contact authorities to do something about it, but he hadn't made any threats against me, so I figured nothing would be done about it. I was telling a friend about my situation, and she asked if I had shared my location with him while we were dating. I hadn't. It was 2015 to 2017 and location sharing services weren't as widely available. My friend then asked me if I had Snapchat. I did. She said there was a recent update and that it would share your location with your friends as a default until you changed your settings. I hadn't known that, and I hadn't deleted my ex from Snapchat. It slipped my mind. I immediately changed my settings to only share my location with my mom and sister. Shortly after this, the random run-ins stopped. I breathed a sigh of relief when I returned to college, knowing he didn't have a way to find me readily available at his fingertips. The following semester, I heard through the grapevine that he started dating another girl we went to high school with. They broke up about a year later, and I heard he behaved similar to her after the breakup. I wish I had had a way to warn her. If you guys read this on the pod, thank you so much for your time. Keep it creepy. Oh, Snapchat. What the fuck? I really wanted to include this because, one, Kim, I think, like you said, you were inspired by someone else's submission and didn't feel so alone. So hopefully this will help others that might be going through something similar. But also, I didn't know that about Snapchat and that little bit of information, if that can help anybody out there, and just location sharing in general. Those things are things that do slip our minds when there's – Like tangible things you can hold in front of you that are like, Mm -hmm. well, my dad's chasing him in the yard with a shotgun because he's driving by my house again. So you might not think about those little things, but that kind of shit is how you can easily be tracked. So everyone just know if you got Find My or location sharing or anything, get those settings how you want them to be.
1: Right. Do a a digital audit and make sure people can't follow Mm -hmm. you. Well, I'm sorry this happened to you, Kim. It is disturbing when you break it off with somebody and you do think that you've severed those digital connections and the stomach drop you feel. I remember an ex, I well, he was extremely abusive after we broke up and so you know blocking him on everything really trying to to, and I thought okay I have blocked him on everything I forgot I had written a blog a million years before that it still happened to if I got a comment on the blog it would send me an email and it was some old blog about how I was going to go hiking or something I mean it wasn't like anything that I was still on and somehow he went digging on the internet and found that blog and was sending the same vitriol that he would have texted to me via that blog and of course I'm like okay well thanks for the reminder to shut that blog down but it really goes to show we just we're living our lives and we don't know that a predator would go oh well that's my end
2: well there it is they're googling and finding any way to get to you so you know they make it their job to try and find that in and like you said we're all just living our lives and don't realize oh this thing I haven't thought about in years great now I got to deal with this That's the way that my ex
1: is going to find me. I would also like to comment on the absolute failure of the administration at your school, Kim. He's about to graduate. You all will go separate ways. We aren't going to ruin his future over this. I would like to make a blanket request to anybody listening, whatever gender you are, whatever, if you find yourself in a position of authority, and the question is between a woman's safety and a man's future and reputation, uh, fuck the future, fuck the reputation, he should have thought about that shit before he started acting like this, and because he was a minor, we could have had an intervention. You might have been able to say, he said he's gonna drive his car into a pond, oh god, this poor kid's got yeah, mental he health sounds problem.
2: like he needs help, too. He
1: needs help. I'm not saying you gotta immediately throw him in jail but if maybe there's a counselor on campus that could go can we talk about what your behavior is doing it's not appropriate and then it would have not only saved kim all of this but also the next girl and uh, inevitably the next girl and the next girl so they had an opportunity fucking blew it
2: and that makes a good point too to say we're not going to ruin someone's future over this that shit hadn't happened yet he might not have a future he could get hit by a car the following day but kim is in distress and being harassed in the present time. And that's what we need to worry about. We can't be worrying about what might happen in the future. Take what you have in front of you, the evidence at hand, and deal with that.
1: For sure. And why value a man's hypothetical future over a person's current safety and mental well being? It makes no sense. Not patriarchy. wanting to
2: get involved, not have, yeah. wanting to have awkward conversations or. They think she's making a big deal out of nothing. You know, I mean, it's the same shit we see time and time again. This was 2013 to 2017 or so. I yeah. Believe. The mid-teens. Yeah. 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 So, you know, hopefully that's gotten a little better now. But it, we still have to be vigilant. All, always. It, it's on upon all
1: of us who are in positions of authority. Not that I am. But, you know, anybody like that going, well, I don't want to rock the boat. Sometimes the boat needs to get rocked. Tump it over. Tump it. I didn't mean to yell.
2: I did. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck those administrators. Thank you, Kim. No, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Kim, for sending that in. Sinisterhood will be right back let's talk about MediCal you have
0: a choice and Molina makes it easy so let's talk about making your life easier about extra help to manage your health nobody knows MediCal better than Molina visit meetmolinaca.com let's talk today Judy was boring hello then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now Judy's the life of the party
1: oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon
0: whoa take it easy Judy <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. J-j-jumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: This next one is from Jess. It's called A Lost Little Girl with an Owner. Hey, y'all. Absolutely love you in the show, but there's so much to this story so let's get into it. Some names have been changed for the sake of those involved, and if I hear anything more about this, I will be writing in and again. So, I'm a manager in a retail store. I'm 22 years old, and I've seen a lot of crazy shit in the past 2 years at this store. But nothing has disturbed me more than this interaction. In late July of 2022, I was at work and went to the front of the store to assist a cashier. When I walked up, a little girl, who couldn't have been older than eight, came up to me and said, I need help. I can't find my owner. Um, what? What did you say? I asked. I can't find my owner. She also had very puffy eyes, like she'd been crying, and dark purple circles under her eyes. She looked exhausted. She was also speaking quietly and was visibly nervous and fidgety. Now, my true crime, law and order brain went directly to, oh my God, this girl's been kidnapped or brainwashed or something. So I asked her if she had a parent with her and she said, well, he's my stepdad. He's with my baby brother. I asked her what the stepdad looked like and she described him to me and said his name. For the sake of the story, was Roger. I then called my ASM and store manager of her and told them what was going on. My ASM went upstairs to look for the stepdad while me and my store manager stayed with the girl. I asked her what her name was. She said, Katie. I said, well, that's a pretty name. And she replied, I shit you not, I don't like it. It's not my real name. I'm not supposed to use my real name. It's Sarah. At this point, every alarm bell in my head is going off. After she said that, I pulled my store manager aside and told him about the owner comment. While he stayed with her, I went upstairs and told my ASM, but she'd already found the stepdad, who was on the floor playing with the toddler. He seemed to be in no rush to get back to Katie and eventually strolled over to the escalator to go back downstairs. When Katie saw him, she went over and waited for him to come down, but when he stepped off the escalator, he didn't speak to her at all, didn't even look at her. After talking with my managers, I called our loss prevention expert, who deals with a wide array of situations, and asked him what to do after explaining the whole situation. He asked if the man had made a purchase, and I said he was checking out as I was on the phone, buying a toy for his son. He then told me that if I could, to go outside and see if I could get a plate on the car he drove. I absolutely did just that, following him out a ways behind so he didn't see me. So he didn't see me. However, He didn't get into a car. I didn't see a car. He walked with the girl and the boy in the almost 90-degree heat across the parking lot, down the road, and across the very busy highway to the next shopping center. I went back in and informed my managers, then filed a report about the whole incident. I was also able to pull the transaction he made along with his store membership and gave the information to the LP manager. The next morning, I got a call from the LPM telling me that he ran a background check on his end and couldn't find anything, but that the situation was disturbing enough that he passed the information to local social service workers. What I gathered from their visit was that the stepdad and the little boy, who was maybe three and obviously his blood-related child, were never apart in the store. On the cameras, you could see them holding hands and playing together. Every point when Katie was around the stepdad, he didn't speak to her and barely looked at her. She seemed fine interacting with the son and following them around the store, but I still could not shake the fact that she called her stepdad, whom she knew the relation and the name of, her owner. Or that she told me that she couldn't use her real name. Or the dark purple circles under her eyes. I've come up with so many theories, but what do y'all think's going on? A stepfather that just doesn't care about his stepdaughter? Or something more sinister? Oh... Yeah, that that's that sucks. I think Jess, you did everything right. In fact, your whole store seemed to handle this mm-hmm. exactly how you should have. Yeah, that's real upsetting. If I, it would have been real hard for me in that. Uh, Kids stuff really gets to me. It sounds like best case scenario, this is a stepdad that hates a stepdaughter. Worst case scenario, she's been kidnapped and is being forced to use a, a fake name.
1: Yeah, that's the behavior from that dad is particularly disturbed or stepdad. It's at bare minimum neglect to just lose your kid. And then when you're informed of it to be like, all right, I'll be right there. So I think your loss prevention manager did the right thing in contacting social services. In Texas, everybody has a duty to report any abuse, suspected abuse of a kid. It's technically a $200 fine. I know people are like, I'm a mandatory reporter, which is true, too. It's part of your job and your ethics. But Every person just in general, if you suspect somebody over 65 or a child is being abused, neglected, exploited, etc. Texas has this please report policy and then they really will look into it. And it's anonymous. You know, the the person upon whom the report is made is, isn't made aware of who made it. And it, at the minimum, just get somebody to check on that kid. So I'm yeah. glad that loss prevention expert. Called the social services worker because you just, you do probably feel helpless, especially they technically haven't done anything that you can see is facially illegal in your store where you call the police and go, he stole something. The kid's crying and saying it's not my real dad. That kind of stuff, it kind of makes you go, I don't really, it's, a, uh, it's probably, it's just weird, right? I think go with your gut, make the report to uh, CPS or whatever the authority is in your state, and it's just better to be
2: safe because that poor kid. Yeah, I think. As you were talking, I was like, what would I have done this? But if given the opportunity, make up an excuse to keep them around so they can't leave the store, call the cops. And then when the cops get there, explain what's going on. Because if everything she says is true, and why would this eight year old girl who looks exhausted and, you know, physically looks like she's unwell would make all of this up?
1: That's true. If you could just call the police and say, she's saying she's not allowed to use her real name. It's suspected kidnapping. All I can do is tell you to come look at and it. saying
2: her owner.
1: My owner, yeah. And worried about trafficking. I think you're right. I think if you could get him to stay, try to call it in.
2: Yeah, the fact that she was a girl and the other child that he was fine with was a boy is also kind of telling when it comes to alarming. trafficking. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's... um. That's a very creepy and, and sad thing. I hope wherever both those kids are that they're doing well. While
1: well, they're safe. Well, I'm, I'm glad that report was made. So I yeah. like to think it was followed up on and they're.
2: And at least they're in the system now. And they have video footage of the guy. And his membership reward number yeah. and the transaction, you
1: know, if he used a debit card or whatever. So good job collecting all that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for sending that in. This next one is from Kate. And the subject line is, why are guys at the gym so fucking creepy? I want to preface this by saying that nothing happened to me in the incidents I'm about to describe, but I feel compelled to share. The more these things get out in the open, the better, and hopefully the safer we will be. I started going to the gym and making fitness part of my routine when I was a sophomore in college, and I've maintained a regular exercise routine for most of the last 23 years. In the summer of 2004, I was inspired to start swimming laps after watching the Olympics. I always loved getting in the pool, and while I'm a slow swimmer, it's a great low-impact full-body exercise. Well, I get in an empty lane in the gym pool and start swimming. I wasn't there long when I noticed a man two lanes over, probably in his 50s or 60s, standing in the middle of his lane and staring at me. At first, I thought maybe he's just taking a break and staring off into space, but he kept watching me as I continued the length of the pool. He watched me swim back to the other end, and I was so creeped out that I got out of the pool and immediately left the building. I know I should have told a staff member what happened, but I didn't. I didn't swim at the gym again for another nine years. Fast forward about 10 years later, and I'm at the same gym taking a Zumba class. The glass door to the group fitness room was off in a corner, and once inside and facing the instructor and mirror, our backs were to the door. We're dancing and grooving, and I notice a man standing outside of the closed door with his cell phone held up. He's clearly recording us, and on this particular day, there were two young teenage girls in the class. I don't know why I took this particular course of action, but I went up to him and I told him to stop filming. I told him he was not allowed to film other people in the gym without their consent. He argued, but he walked away, and I went back inside. After the class was over, I told a staff member what happened. They asked for his description and immediately went looking for him, but he must have already left. They told me, it ha- they told me if it happens again, not to talk to the person directly, but to immediately get a staff member. As I walked out of the building to go to my car, I was struck with an awful panic that he could have been waiting for me to leave. My car wasn't parked in the main parking lot right out front where there's more visibility, but around the side of the building. Thankfully, he wasn't there and nothing happened, but that sense of panic will stay with me forever. A few years later, I'm now a member of a 24-hour gym, and on this one particular night that I was working out, it was late and the gym was unstaffed. I'd been the only person there for a little while when two men come in towards the end of my workout. They go to separate areas of the gym, one in front of me and one behind me. And after a few minutes, I realized that they are both staring at me. I was not directly in either one's line of sight. The guy behind me was on a stationary bike that directly faced the window to the parking lot, so his head was craned around like Linda Blair's in The Exorcist. The other was on a machine that faced a wall perpendicular to me, so he had to turn his head 90 degrees to the left to look at me. I got the fuck out of there. As I drove off, a group of three people walked in. I don't know what would have happened if I had stayed and those other three hadn't decided to go exercise late on a weeknight. I told my friend who worked there what happened, and as far as I know, there were no more incidents involving these creeps. Again, nothing bad happened to me, but if you see some jackass staring at you or recording you at the gym... Tell a staff member, don't talk to the person, but don't brush it off. Tell someone there is power in numbers. And I want these assholes to know that we know what they're doing. I want them to crawl back into the hole they came from and stay there like the bottom dwellers. They are. We deserve to feel safe.
2: This is one of many reasons I don't go to gyms. I don't like gyms and we should be able to like gyms because we deserve to feel safe Right. You see so many TikToks of uh, female athletes like powerlifting or working out at gyms and it's just like guys just gawking. I mean, it's, it's crazy how they will literally, like she said, turn all the way around and stare at you, not even try to hide it because they want to make you feel uncomfortable. You're one girl in there, two guys walking together and from opposite sides, they're both staring you down like that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem like anybody has good intentions.
1: No, not at all. And I, th- it speaks to the, I believe, the lack of respect for women to think not this is an autonomous human being enjoying their workout, but I deserve to look at whatever ass I want to look mm-hmm. at and I'm going to look at your ass and I don't care about how it makes you the human feel. It's so bizarre to me, the dehumanizing nature that people think that's fine, that I was like, there's a person in there of any type of interaction, of disrespectful interaction of yelling at a store clerk or a server where I'm like, that's a person with a family and a heart and a soul. And to just go, well, I'm going to ride the stationary mic with a fucking raging boner and just watch you walk them stair mm-hmm. machines like, yeah, I'll do whatever I want. To me, that's so strange. But honestly, it's very prevalent. Like you said, you oh, see yeah. on TikToks all the time, especially The When we were talking about that person who said they were making those TikToks, it was in the Kitty Genovese episode where it was like the other end of a phone call that you could use to kind of get up, you know, get away from a situation. Several of those were to be used in gymnasiums, like in a a gym to work out at.
2: Yeah. You shouldn't have to have that. I think (laughs) while we look at people and say there's a human being in there, a lot of predators will look at a woman and think, well, if you didn't want me looking at your ass, she shouldn't have worn those short ass shorts and gotten on... That, you know, elliptical. Like, like you're asking for hot. a type of attitude.
1: Yeah. Right? I'm sweaty. I want to wear shorts. I want to wear just a sports bra. Well, <laughs> well I, I get to look at you then. Mm-hmm. It's like, just to think you have that right. Is it ownership a right over women's bodies that I do not, I don't abide. <laughs> I
2: don't like that. No,
1: I dissent. I dissent indeed. Well, that's why I go to the gym with Paris, because I just feel, it. and it's not an unsafe gym. It seems like a fine gym, but I just feel... I don't know. It's sad that I have to feel that way, but I just feel better with in him being there. Yeah. I don't know. We yeah. shouldn't have to, though. For sure. No, we should not. Well, phone it in, call it in, report him. We deserve to feel safe. Thank you very much for sending that one in. Sinister Hood will be right back. Let's
0: talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky
2: landslots, you
1: can get lucky just about
2: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are
0: gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, this next one is from Elizabeth, and the l- subject line is Red Flag Teleporter. Hi, ladies. This is kind of long, so let's get sinister. I was in my early 20s, and at the time, there were a lot of bad things I was dealing with, and honestly, I was struggling with a drinking problem. I met a guy online. I'd met him in person once before, but I didn't remember much other than him being drunk and angrily mumbling to himself. Weird, but we all have bad days, so I said, whatever, and agreed to go to dinner. Dinner went well, and he invited me to his apartment for a drink. Where's all your furniture? I asked. For starters, the dude had nothing in his apartment. It was basically empty. He said he had just moved in, which ended up not being true. We shared some drinks and chatted for a while. One drink turned into many more and I ended up staying the night. I woke up the next morning, instantly slut-shaming myself for hooking up with him. I figured I'd better at least try to date him. Things went well for the first week or so. I noticed quickly that when I would mention going home, he would get an attitude. I confronted him about it and he said he wasn't talking to his parents and was jealous that I still talked to and lived with mine. I understood and felt bad for him. I knew he didn't get along well with his parents. Things started to escalate in a matter of days. He would check my phone, freak out over dumb shit, blow up my phone, etc. At one point, my car had been hit by another vehicle. While waiting for police, he berated me, accusing me of not actually being in a wreck but instead cheating on him. Ladies, my car was totaled. One time, my guy friend I'd known since I was a kid texted me, and my boyfriend lost it. He had been drinking and started to pace the apartment, saying how he would gut him like a deer. I didn't know what to do, so while secretly filming him, I just started laughing and treating it as a joke. It was not a joke. He also threatened to come up to my job and find the male co-worker I had been scheduled to take lunch at the same time as And beat him up. I knew I had to get out, but I also knew I had to plan very carefully. I didn't care about my stuff being left there, but my rabbit, Tulip, was there too. One night, my boyfriend was drinking and getting angry. I told him I thought maybe he'd had enough and went to dump his drink out. He slammed me up against his wall and the drink went everywhere. I quietly cleaned it up. I didn't want to escalate the situation or tip him off. The next day, I told him I wanted to go home and visit. I had to go to the bank anyway. I walked into my house and told my mom, I don't want to talk about it, but I need you, Lucy, and Sam to come with me and get my stuff. My mom was shocked. It's not like me to be afraid or put up with any shit. Once we got in the car, I texted him and told him it was over and that I was on my way to get my stuff and who was with me. He told me he would kill himself if I left. When that didn't work, he said he was going to set Tulip on fire because she was technically his as well because he had loaned me the money for an extra cage at his house. I was freaking out, but calmly responded that if that's the case, then I don't owe him any money, but if he wants his money, I will be leaving with Tulip unharmed. As we pulled up to the apartment, I gave instructions. Lucy, my sister, would be in the car with the window down and 911 pre-dialed. My mom would wait at the entrance of the apartment to alert Lucy if anything went wrong. Sam, my sister's wife, and I would go and grab my shit. First thing I did was get Tulip and take her down to Lucy. He was verbally abusive the entire time. We got my shit, left his money, and got the fuck out of there. He texted me a few days later about stuff I left behind. He wanted me to come into his apartment to get it instead of leaving it outside. That's not fucking happening. No way was he getting me alone with a day in advance to plan God knows what. Eventually, he left me alone. I'm grateful I got out quick, safely, and swiftly. Not everyone is so lucky.
2: Well, this sounds like a real piece of shit. First of all, I just want to say, we all tend to slut-shame ourselves after a one-night stand. It's fine. We've all done it. If it's mm-hmm. if it's two consensual adults agreeing to do it and just moving on afterwards, nobody's nobody's wrong for that. For sure. At the same time, I get the feeling of being like, Well, now I think I gotta date him for a while, so it doesn't make me look like such a slut, you know? Which um maybe in hindsight is kinda his MO of getting people in relationships who knows wow. he clearly had a drinking problem, uh anger problem, very jealous of anybody that's like when you're when your partner starts saying like involving coworkers or people that you have no control over seeing and stuff, that gets real scary because all bets are off the table. They could show up anywhere yeah. and do anything.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I remember I dated a person who was like who are you fucking? I know you're sleeping with people. I know you're gonna get you're going out and getting drunk and partying. Like, do you know me at all? Oh <laughs> my god, sir. I was studying for the bar or the I was studying for the LSAT to get the, off the law school. I'm reading my me and Kaplan. I'm cheating on you with a guy named Kaplan LSAT study book. <laughs> but it it is it when you're on the receiving end of it, it's so confusing because how do you even argue with something that's so out of pocket so off the wall i like who are you even talking about who is this person that you were in a photo with what's well, the fucking guy that works on the boats that we both went to a hot
2: dog stand together in the middle of the shit you know it's one of those yeah. where what do you think there's I'm not going- a big elaborate no. juicy story behind it but no. in their heads they invent one and then you also take into effect if someone's drunk i mean it's impossible to oh. have a rational conversation when you got such high emotions and drinking involved and speaking with that level of violence of i'm gonna gut him like a deer and i'm yeah. gonna that's
1: a visceral not like i'm so mad right now but i am now fantasizing and planning
2: extreme acts of violence threatening to set your pet on fire pet, a, a tulip didn't do anything that's but it's just to, to hurt her you know yes. it's 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 to hurt elizabeth so yeah uh and that's what abusers do they will Anything that's important to you or means something to you, um, they want to destroy it to to hurt you. So I'm so glad that you had a great support system to go and help you get everything and you got out of there safely. Great job not going back and just saying, you can have whatever I've left behind. Definitely don't want to go in and put yourself in that situation.
1: Yeah, it's awesome to have the parent, mom and sister and sister-in-law willing to just it's like a tactical team. All yeah. right, you go here, you go here. But for all these stories, cause I know we have a, a large uh, female audience, but we also have men that listen to. And I, my husband is the sweetest person I know. But I've told him stories of things that have happened to me stuff I've gone through things like this. And he's like, oh my god it's like you sometimes because i think men are not and i'm not to say men aren't victims of domestic violence certainly they are but i think these slights that we see are seeing these well it's not really a big problem you're about to graduate just get over it or um just get over it that they're ogling you in the gym and taking your photo it just happens or like i mean you slept with that boys guy will well, be boys yeah you just hear these so i i i <laughs> Hope these stories reach people who have not had these experiences and go, Oh, holy shit, that's real. That you have to have a crew of friends with you because like Elizabeth said, not everybody is this lucky to have a crew of friends that can go in like a SWAT team and go, You grab this, you mm-hmm. stand here, da-da-da, to like support you while you're trying to carry your boxes out. Some people try to do that alone and yeah. it does not go well. Right. And so I think uh blessings to your your sister and sister in law and mom for doing that. That's awesome. And just realize that this is more prevalent than we all know.
2: i also like, I'm a big fan of, I don't want to talk about this, but here's what I need you to do right now. And then people going, I got you. What's up? Like, they know that if you're saying this, shit's real. We don't need to get down into the minutia of it all right now. We just need to get it taken care of. And then if you want to talk about it, you can.
1: Exactly. Having that, yes, sweetie, what do you need? Let's roll mm-hmm. on him.
2: Let's yeah. go. Let's roll. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's much more prevalent. And I think the more we share stories like this, it does help everybody realize that these aren't just things that we should be so casual to dismiss. Like, oh, well, mm-hmm. he was drunk. We've all said things that we don't mean when we're drunk, or, well, he's young. You know, young guys do stuff like that. It's just locker room talk. One, not the right answer. Two, nip it in the bud when they're young so they don't grow up to be abusive husbands and adults.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Intervene. You're not ruining their future. You're saving their future. Right? And you're and saving a lot of the future of a
2: lot of other people.
1: Exactly. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for sharing that. We're very glad to hear not only you, but you and Tulip are safe.
2: Yes, sweet Tulip. What a great name for a rabbit.
1: Absolutely. If you would not mind sending a photo of Tulip, I would oh, love yes. to Oh, yes.
2: I love rabbits. People don't have them enough. I'm going to say. I'm saying it. I'm saying what everybody's thinking. We don't have enough rabbits just everywhere. <laughs> when you see a rabbit in the wild. it's oh, great. If I was out in my yard and a rabbit hopped into my yard, Mm-mm. it's magical. We have
1: seen we see Big Boy, which is our raccoon, pet raccoon, yeah. which you're about to move and we're going to lose Big Boy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave a trail of... Cat food. Give a kibble for
1: Big Boy. But you're right. As much as I love Big Boy, damn, if a rabbit hopped up one night when we were out there, I'd lose my mind. Gosh, because they're unexpected. You don't see them very often, you know? And lucky, lucky too. Isn't this the year of the rabbit? I believe it is. Oh,
2: well, there we go. May we all live a wonderful year like Tulip.
1: Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Elizabeth. sinister Hood will
0: be right back.
1: Well, this last message is from Kathy, and the subject line is, maybe they're not gone after all. Hi, Christine Heather. Another note of appreciation to both of you. My dear niece turned me on to your podcast a long while back, the lovely Claire, who sent in our family member's story about hanging out with Whitey Bulger's wife, and I've been a devoted listener ever since. It's clear that you're both hilarious, loving, sensitive, ridiculous, fun, darling women with deep, caring souls. As a mom of an adult human, I want you to know that you're the kind of people we all hope our kids grow up to be. I appreciate you. I've been considering sending this in for a while and finally decided to go for it. Given your personal histories, I think you'll appreciate it. I was raised Catholic but have no religion now and have never been much of a believer in any of the afterlife variations that people believe in. I wasn't even convinced that there was any energy or anything like that left behind. My parents, however, continued to be very committed to their Catholicism, though we never really talked about it at home. We're coming up to the 16th anniversary of my dad's passing, so he's especially on my mind. In his final several months, he was being cared for in a beautiful hospice facility and had developed a very close relationship with his primary physician there. She was a very tall woman with short hair and was probably around 40. She and my dad instantly hit it off, and though he was often in and out of consciousness and not always of clear mind, they just got each other. My dad would light up when she came in the room, and they would gently tease each other and generally enjoyed each other's company. I was and am deeply grateful that he had someone so kind and engaged caring for him in his final days. One day, when I arrived to visit dad, his doctor intercepted me in the hallway outside his room. She said, I need to tell you something. So I was instantly alarmed. When your dad's hospice doc says that, there's really only one assumption to make. She saw my facial expression and immediately said, no, 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 he's fine, but I want to tell you something that happened this morning. She proceeded to tell me the story that has changed my perspective about life and death. That morning, she had come into my dad's room and stood at the foot of his bed as she did every morning she was on duty. She said, "Good morning, judge." My dad was a judge and she always addressed him that way. He looked up at her from his bed and said, "Who's that man?" She said, "Oh, oh no, it's Dr. X," assuming that he was mistaking her for a man in the glare from the windows and or from his disorientation. He said, no, the man behind you. I still get chills even typing that. To her credit, she said, well, what does he look like? Dad responded with something like, he has a green hat on and it has fishing lures on it. He's wearing a vest with a red patch. And then he went on to describe the man in detail. The doctor said, that's my dad. As she told me this story, both of us started crying. She told me that her dad had passed and that my dad had described a man looking exactly as her dad had looked, standing behind her. He was still there with her every day. I can't tell this story without crying. I don't know if my dad was seeing the reflection and spirit of the doctor's dad emanating from her or if some remaining part of his spirit stayed with his daughter. Either way, it made me believe that in one way or another, our beloveds are still with us even after they're physically gone. I know you've both lost your dads, and I'm right this instant thinking of each of them, standing behind each of you, loving you, loving your husbands and your kids, and providing you with their everlasting support. Thanks for all you do, Kathy.
2: Well, thank you, Kathy. That's extremely kind from the very kind words up top to the closing to... um. One, what a heartwarming story. I mean, obviously seeing your loved one in hospice is never easy, but knowing that there was a doctor there that cared so much, those are the doctors, if you got to make that call for your loved one, that you want them to have, and that's so awesome that your dad got to have that relationship in his final months. Definitely. Yeah. Palliative care doctors,
1: hospice doctors are angels oh, among man. us. I mean, because you just, you know what the end's going to be. I mean, all doctors, we all kind of know what the end's going to be. It's just not necessarily imminent. The
2: imminent end. And it takes a very special kind of person to be able to gracefully work in that industry. And so hats off to everyone that that does that.
1: Yeah, that can help die with dignity. Mm -hmm. Well, and also I love that the relationship between Kathy's dad and his doctor and how he was able to give her something. I mean, she was yeah. giving him a ton of love and care, but he was able to give her this window into whatever. If the, as you get closer to the end, you know, we've had nurses and doctors write in and talk about ser- older adults who are on their way out saying, I see my grandmother sitting in that chair of like, the veil between our reality mm-hmm. starts to thin towards the end. And you see these things. And the fact that he spoke up and said that and was able to give her that gift of like, he's still physically behind you. I love that. I love
2: it, yeah. In the wake of something that is tragic, can be tragic and sad, they found, they both found beauty in it. So there's something really beautiful about that.
1: I love to imagine it. Granted... Me and J.K. Rowling and I are beefing in general. I mean,
2: it's in everybody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I don't think it's just me. But in the Harry Potter movie, whenever they come up behind Harry when he's about to go in that forest, this is going to make me
2: cry. I've never seen or read anything past, I think, the fourth. I can't relate to what you're about to say. So if I don't get emotional, that's why.
1: No worries. But there's a part where... He, you know, he's about to go to this very important thing and he like looks around him and he sees the shadows of like his parents like people that had died and stuff and they all kind of like put their hand on his shoulder and like we're always walking behind you and that's how I feel like a lot of times with like I don't know that it's my dad's only spirit is with me but he's there's part of his energies with me, part is with my mom, parts with my sister, parts mm-hmm. with Sydney. Like, I feel that sometimes where I I mean, it was down to the first time I ever felt it was at his funeral, which was a closed casket funeral. Mm. And it was, you know, everybody deals with death in a, a different way. And, you know, my other family members were like, oh, I can't really see him that way. And I, I love my dad so much and said, you know, I'm going to go in there because it's like I want to do this for him. Mm-hmm. And my brother-in-law came with me. Some other folks who shall not be named decided they wanted to come in. And uh, let me just remind everybody, it was my father. And the people that were in there were not blood relatives. And they took it upon themselves to have quite a scene. Dramatic. I mean, I thought one of them was going to throw themselves in the coffin. Oh, I have heard this story. Yeah. But... At the time, it was I was obviously grieving, but also it was literally the first moment where I felt this energy, almost like this hand on my shoulder, and I could just feel my dad going, "Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> what is going on?" So, I mean, I had to like stifle a laugh, and I was like, "Dad, fucking cut it out!" Like people in here, <laughs> but I could just feel this energy of like, "Okay, really, all right, we're doing this."
2: Yeah, I'm you know fine. him well just... and how he would react in a situation like that. Also, good reminder of don't make everything about yourself. You know. It's not all
1: a dramatic soap opera of which
2: you <laughs> the are nap- the star. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I agree with that. I loved that visual of the doctor standing at the foot of Kathy's dad's bed mm-hmm. and just the guy in his best. You know, I feel like they're going to be in their happiest selves or best self. You know, he's got his fishing lure hat on. He's got his best on. Like, I was fishing, but I want to come down here and hang out with you a little bit today. <laughs> So that's heaven for me would be to just visit all the people I love all the time. For sure. Well, thanks, Kathy. I appreciate it. And like Christy said, thank you for those kind words. That is meaningful to say. Well, thank you, Kathy. And uh, I'd be honored to have my kid grow up like you.
2: (laughs) Well, that's very nice. Um, We all have come a long way, haven't we? Here we are. Including everyone that sent in their stories today. So thank you all so much for sharing them with us. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO, you've had a brush with true crime, or you've felt the presence of an otherworldly being, send them in at Sinisterhood.com slash Freaky Friday. We love providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost, so if you like what you hear, consider supporting this show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also
1: get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those in the Rolling the Airways and Getting Into It tier, a special shout-out on the show, a monthly bonus mini-sode, and patron exclusive video and audio content including Am I the Asshole, Relationship Advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister, True Crime Headlines, and more. And patrons in our Getting Into It tier are also able to vote on a bonus content segment that they would like to see us live stream. Our next live stream is Friday, February 24th, today, as you're currently listening. I hope you're listening at the morning, because it's 3 p.m. Central, so we can accommodate our international listeners. However, if you're listening to this later on, that's cool. Go over and check out the replay we're doing Off My Chest.
2: And if you're listening to this afterwards, it went well. (laughs) And before that at 2 o'clock on Friday, the 24th Central Time. We will be doing our last installment of Docuary, where every Friday we go live to discuss a documentary we watched that week, and everyone can watch along with us and discuss in the chat. This last one is going to be Fire of Love, and it's quite a story. So we hope that you can tune in for that. You also have the fun perk of access to our Discord server where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally and we host monthly Q&As on Crowdcast where you can ask us all your burning questions.
1: For patrons not in the U.S., you have the option to pay in pounds or euros saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select this option will be rewarded with a free month of membership.
2: For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner.
1: So many of you have been tagging us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. Keep those pictures coming. If you want to get some cool Sinisterhood swag like t-shirts, mugs, totes, and even clothes for your kiddos, visit Sinisterhood.com and click on Shop on the top banner.
2: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting SinisterHood.com slash playlists. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure. And Heather, now there's an even easier way for people to leave reviews. How is that?
1: If you go to Sinisterhood.com slash review, it will give you Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, Podchaser, all the various ways to leave a review. If you're in the app, you're not really sure. Go to Sinisterhood.com slash review. Makes it super quick and easy. And if you're like, I love you guys, but I can't subscribe to the Patreon or I can't come to a show, that's fine. It's a super easy and fast way to support us. And we appreciate every single star and every single review. Absolutely. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. You can also visit us on YouTube and TikTok
2: at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy, where are you at? I'm on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and Twitter and TikTok at Christy or GTFO. Heather? I'm on Twitter at
1: MCK versus the world. For how much longer? Great question. It's a <laughs> cesspool. <accessible.
2: laughs> I haven't been on Twitter in months. So if you follow me, you know that. There's no posting going on.
1: It's taking a bit of a dive. I'm not going to lie. Just uh, standards wise. But I'm also on Instagram and TikTok at Heather versus the world.
2: As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy.
0: Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo,
0: and we lost track of time.